You are live on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agrabo, and I'm joined in studio with the executive producer and host of Get Connected Television, AJ Vickery. How are you, AJ? Hey, Andy. Good to be here. It's good to see you. Uh, you were uh, up in Toronto last week. What were you doing over there? Oh, very, very cool event uh, last week in Toronto where Sony um, was doing a launch party for and the launch of, uh, in retail, the new Sony Xperia uh, X-series uh, mobile phone. So if you haven't had a chance to see these yet, um, beautiful device. Uh, it's, it's essentially the next sort of like line of smartphones for Sony in their Xperia category. And... I got to tell you, they're, uh, they, they put a pretty nice-looking device together, some really cool things. First of all, uh, the one thing that I always like about Sony is that um, a lot of the phones, and this one included, are they're water-resistant. So yes. they're building these phones so that you can sort of take them into these areas that, that you want to take photos. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's a, that's a great idea. There's nothing worse than destroying your phone as a result of being out in the rain with it or sort of on the beach or what or whatnot so sony does a great job at that but the big some of the big things that they did with the new xperia x series is um some of the models have this um i don't explain to you it's it's a they call it the predictive hybrid autofocus and so what this does is a camera feature and the camera in this phone is is phenomenal it's a 23 megapixel camera, and the one I'm talking about. Uh, what it oh, will just back up 23 megapixels. Yeah. This is a smartphone we're talking about, yeah. not like a, a point and shoot camera. Yeah, yeah, smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously they've loaded up on the megapixels, but 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 beyond that, the camera itself is 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 really um, good quality lens, and this feature I'm talking about. So one of the problems that I think a lot of people may have is capturing um, the photo of the person that they're taking a picture of in focus if they're moving, you know, like, and I don't mean running, I'm talking about just like dancing or laughing or, you know, anything like that, just when you're sort of moving back and forth and you sort of lose that depth of field. So with this uh, predictive uh, technology, it actually, it actually uh, understands the person that you're trying to take a picture of and it follows them in and out of those different focus points so that you're almost always guaranteed to get a, uh, a picture. Is that, is that in their clear. auto mode or do you have to switch into a different it, mode it's, to do that? It's actually in their, in their auto mode. Yes. Um, and, you know what? The reason why I ask yeah. is everybody, you know, a lot of these manufacturers, they talk about all the features that their, their smartphone cameras can do. Yeah. But if you look at the stats, the majority of people just put it in auto yes. and and take a photo. and don't do the and don't take advantage. So that's of it. smart on Sony's part for yeah. incorporating that in the and auto. and you can turn it off and on in that auto mode by simply going into the advanced settings. So so um, if you didn't want it on, you can toggle it on or off even in the auto mode. But by default, when I got the camera and turned it on, it was in that mode. So so I'm assuming that's the way that it comes comes uh, along. And then the other, just a couple other nice features. Um, the um, the you know, there was a way to set it up. Uh, again, it's a setting inside the camera, and I'm talking about the camera again, but um, there's there's a way to set it up so that you can actually have quick access to the camera. So a single button will, will uh, if you press it, will turn the camera on and take the photo. The cool thing here is that it takes the photo before the screen's even turned on. So if, so if you're, if you've really? got that, yeah, so if you've got the mode on, if you've got the mode in, enabled, um, and you know what the button is on the side of the phone, if something happens that you're like, oh man, I want to get a quick shot of that, you literally just grab your phone, Press that button, point it in the general area where you're trying to take your picture, and it will have automatically taken that photo even before your screen has managed to. That's ingenious because typically what you have to do is you get your phone out, you unlock your phone, you open the app, and then you take the photo by touching it on the screen. So think about those those seconds you can save 
to get those moments that you normally wouldn't have you would have missed. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, all, all in all, uh, in terms of um, coming into the market, it's obviously an Android platform, so it's running the Android operating system, the latest version. Yeah, I think that um, you know they, that Sony has done a really nice job. I think it's really difficult to compete on the Android landscape because you've got so many fantastic manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And how do you really differentiate yourself um, between all these different phones? I know that Samsung makes fantastic phones. I know that Motorola makes fantastic yeah. phones. HTC. I mean, I could go on and on and on and, and list uh, companies. Well, LG. The, LG. We, we review. You, you and yep. I are the Android guys on Get Connected yep. on the television side. And so we're always reviewing these phones. And the thing is, you can make them operate and look and feel exactly the same yes. from one phone to the next. Yeah. So I, I agree with your point. The manufacturers have to really differentiate themselves. And Sony has such a history in the camera market. They're taking that technology and putting it right into their smartphones. Do you think that's going to cannibalize their sales on the on the point and shoots? Well, I think that market's already in severe danger, right? I mean, like right now today, I don't think that many folks are going out and buying point and shoot cameras. You know, I think if you're a serious photographer and you're and you're and you're thinking about doing it sort of semi professionally, you're going to look at the the SLR market, right, or 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 the or the larger format sensor market. Um, but I think that sort of point and shoot market is already cannibalized. So so don't try to protect it. Just get on with the mainstream. Everyone is using their phones to take their photos, and honestly, like. I can't tell you how many people I run into that are just like, you know, my, I feel like the photos that my camera takes, whether it's an iPhone yeah. or not, are, are just as good as anything else that I, yeah. that I have. And it's with me all the time. So, That's right. So. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting that I, I see that Sony's always had a good camera in their phones, but with, they were really the first ones to come up with the so-called waterproof phones because they used to um, advertise that you could take a shower and still have your phone and yeah. it would be okay. But what happened is shower? They, they, they decided to go away from that and not say that they're typically waterproof but water resistant now because I think yeah. there was some instances where there was damage from the water. I'm sure. Like I, I, I don't recommend like taking it swimming underwater and yeah. taking photos with it unless you're actually dealing with like a waterproof device and they do make cameras for that purpose, not just Sony, but I mean the other, other companies as well. Um, but... I think that you'd be pretty comfortable um, if this fell into the toilet. And it would and be <laughs> for most people. That's all they care that's about. That's the number one thing, right? It's it's funny because yeah. even Samsung, they, with their new S7, the Galaxy S7, that uh, phone you can put right into water. We actually did it when yes. we did a review. Yeah. But what's amazing about that is because when Sony came out with that a couple of years ago, they had flaps on every yes. every port. Yes. Whereas Rubber this, flaps that plugged the holes. Yeah. But now they've got it to a point where you can have open ports. And you could still submerge it in water without it having any damage. And I think that's the that's the that's the way you need to go because those those plugs essentially wear over time. So the problem is is that year later, if you have your phone that long these days, year later, two years later, those plugs um, you can't always rely on them. So because of you're putting things in and out of it, they might yeah. lose that that protection. Well, we got a great show for you today. Uh, lots to talk about later on, of course. We're going to go open line to take any of your tech questions or calls if you need some. Buying advice on phones. AJ and I have been reviewing a lot of Android phones the last couple of months, so uh, we can give thoughts on that. We'll also have App of the Week in this show as well. But uh, another great story we're going to do after the break about copyright infringement. Do you, have you ever downloaded a movie online? Did you ever get a notice from your ISP or, or one of the movie studios asking you for money? While you don't have to pay, they're kind of tricking you into paying and admitting that you're guilt when, guilty when you're not. And we're going to learn more about that right after the break. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this.
You're back on Get Connected. Andy Burrard here filling in for Mike Agarbo, joined in studio with Get Connected television host AJ Vickery. Got a really interesting story right now. If you've ever maybe downloaded an illegal movie or television show or, or maybe your kids have done that, you might have got a notice from one of these um, basically anti-piracy groups that are represented by Hollywood Studios asking you to fork out some money. Well, you don't have to pay for that, but a lot of people are being misled thinking that they do. And to learn more about this, we have our good friend Megan Sally from she's a communication specialist over at Open Media. Megan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just want to kind of give a rundown on this whole situation. Maybe we can you can give the Reader's Digest version of this story to our listeners. Absolutely. Um, so essentially what's been happening since uh, the notice and notice provisions were implemented last year, uh, they were the most recent updates to our copyright legislation. And what's been happening is that uh, companies that believe that they have had their rights infringed have been sending notices through individuals' ISPs uh, to those individuals, letting them know that uh, that they've infringed copyright potentially. Um, and many of them are including settlement demands, as you mentioned, asking them to pay money um, or to potentially face lawsuits. Um, and so essentially what we're looking at here is a system where Canadians are being asked to pay money before any wrongdoing has been proven in a court of law. Now, this all stems from this kind of legislation, this law that came out in 2015 called the Notice and Notice System. What was the original intent of putting this, this into place? Yeah, so essentially the intent of the Notice and Notice System is to seek to educate Canadians about uh, copyright infringement and to offer them um, a, a way to uh, know that when they've infringed copyright. So the way that the system was implemented was intended to um, to be kind of as a colliery to the U.S. system called Notice and Takedown, uh, where a notice is sent through to the hoster of online content and they actually remove that content. Um, in the Canadian system, we've uh, approached it with a little bit more balance. We're hoping to achieve a system that both educates Canadians about copyright infringement, um, uh, encourages them to uh, quit infringing on copyright, but also that preserves our freedom of speech and doesn't needlessly take down content off of the Internet. So in, in a sense, it's really trying to discourage people from piracy because there's, there's so many great alternatives now to consume content online like Netflix, Show Me, Crave Television, you know, um, it, but it wasn't really to uh, get money out of people that may or may not have uh, infringed on copyrights. No, absolutely not. And it's been said before, you know, our system in Canada is a notice and notice system, not a notice and settlement system. And uh, we have a lot of evidence showing that actually sending notices decreases piracy, or piracy uh, infringements. So we notice that there are less second and third notices being sent to people and uh, less people are infringing after they're sent these notices, um, letting them know that they potentially infringe copyright and encouraging them to find other means of viewing their content online. And, and I think that really would work because if a lot of people knew that, yes, uh, your ISP knows that you've downloaded copyright material, that would be enough to make you want to stop that and find kind of legal means to consume content. Oh, we certainly see that people are really concerned about this. And this is why I think this, this notice, uh, you know, abuse needs to absolutely be cleared up is because Canadians are concerned when they receive these notices. Uh, many of them, as you mentioned, you know, didn't download the material. It was done by a child or somebody else potentially using their Wi-Fi. Um, so it's, it's really important that, uh, that Canadians have an understanding of how the, the rules actually function because they are willing to comply and to find other means uh, when they're available. Now, I guess I kind of understand why these uh, companies are demanding cash because they just want to get, get some cash. But why are Canadians doing this? Like, why are they being misled? Are, 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 is it out of fear? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's out of fear, and I think it's out of uh, an ignorance of what the actual rules are. So Canadians' notice and notice rules only came into force in 2015. Um, they were actually passed in 2012, but only you know came fully into force in 2015. And so I think there's just a lot of misinformation out there about what Canadians can and cannot be charged with. Uh, there's a great amount of fear when they receive these notices. So a lot of people are are uh, fine to become an, um, upon them to to pay up. Um, and additionally, I think that some of these uh, organizations, more so than others, will target particular pieces of content that they feel like are more likely to get them uh, paid. So, for example, we've seen at my organization lots of people contacting us um, scared once they've received a notice for something like uh, downloading explicit materials or pornography um, because these companies know that they're more likely to pay these settlement demands if they're embarrassed or concerned that this could some way become public. Now, when it comes to these copyright infringements, are we talking about physically down or downloading digitally these uh, files or does streaming count like illegal streaming would that kind of count under this notice and notice system that the government has put in through so thus far we haven't seen any notices sent for um, online streaming it's only for downloading of copyright uh, infringing uh, material so that's, that's something that um, I think that Canadians are still kind of doing to get around the rules in some cases uh, but right now we're just seeing it for copyright uh, downloaded copyrighted material so what's the solution? How do we fix this? How do we stop these companies from, you know, basically misleading people to thinking that they have to pay when they don't have to? There's actually a really simple solution, and it was suggested during the original uh, proposed law, um, and unfortunately was rejected by our government at the time. Um, and we actually called upon the government last year to implement uh, a template system for notices. So essentially what they would do is they would have a standard protocol for what was allowed to be included in notice, and more importantly, what wasn't allowed to be included in notice. Um, so at the very least, we, we would like to see it. Uh, they include an acknowledgement that the letter has been sent on the basis of alleged infringement and that no wrongdoing has been proven in a court of law. Um, it has to contain accurate information about the limits of Canadian law and the penalties for non-commercial infringement. And it should exclude any settlement demand before there has been wrongdoing proven. Um, and I think that that very simple rubric for sending these notices would really help to educate Canadians about exactly what the rules were, um, while continuing to let them know that they had potentially infringed copyright and having a system where everybody understands what the rules are and what, what it takes to comply with them. So I guess, you know, one of the things for our listeners, and, and, and a lot of people ask me this question is, is um, you know, so what... so. You know, is it uh, using these torrent-based softwares uh, for downloading pretty much like current Anything. movies? Yeah. yeah, or even software and things like that. But for the most people, probably entertainment. You know, is that something that um, Canadians can do? What, is it um, not illegal? Is that the, the point? Are you talking as a distribution method? No, I just mean as like <clears throat> as an individual. Well, I'd say we'd certainly encourage people to turn to alternatives that they know are legitimate. Um, you know, if you can find what you're looking for using a legitimate service, that is always the, the preferred method. Um, we never encourage piracy. Um, but I think a big part of the problem here is that Canadians are often looking for content that are not that is not easily available where they are. Um, so one of the things that we see notices coming in for all the time is the HBO show Game of Thrones. And unfortunately, the only way to get Game of Thrones legitimately in Canada is if you subscribe for uh, cable television. Um, which costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year. And unfortunately, you can't just buy Game of Thrones online. You can't even get access to an online streaming service that gives you Game of Thrones legitimately. Mm -hmm. So those are where we're seeing these clashes and where we're seeing Canadians turn to piracy instead of uh, turning to legitimate services to purchase their, their uh, content.
No, that's an absolutely great point because, you know, they they wouldn't be willing to pay. There's just no infrastructure for doing that. Megan, if people want to get more information about what uh, Open Media does, I think it's a great organization. Uh, where do they go to find out more information about this? Absolutely. You can come check us out at www.openmedia.org. Megan, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today. Great. Thanks so much for having me. That was Megan Sally. She is the communication specialist over at Open Media, a fantastic organization that really tries to keep the internet open for all of us and uh, has done a lot of lobbying on behalf of the consumer and you know the, the web presence that uh, all of us enjoy. We're going to have to uh, take a break, but we're going to go open line after on Get Connected. Take any of your tech questions or calls. If you need some buying advice for any type of tech gear, we can help, especially on smartphones. you got two Android experts right now <laughs> in-house, so if you uh, are an Android user, you can ha- ask us any questions you have on there. The number is 604-280-9898. If you're calling long distance, 1-877-399-9898. That's 604-280-9898. Anywhere in the Vancouver region and 1-877-399-9898. Anywhere else. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back right after this break. You're back on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here filling in for Mike Agarbone and joined in studio with AJ Vickery. We've got an open line here on Get Connected. Take in any of your tech questions or calls. If you need some buying advice on any kind of tech gear, we're the ones that can help you with that. The numbers again, if you're in the Vancouver area, 604-280-9898. And anywhere, long distance, toll free, one 1- 877-399-9898. Fantastic prize today, AJ. We're giving away the Beyond Ink pen. Have you heard about this pen? Yeah, I love that thing. It's Okay, so they call it Beyond Ink because that's really what it is. It's kind of a three-in-one device. It's a pen, of course. It's a ballpoint pen, but inside has a, basically a micro USB drive or a, a USB drive to put all your files on, basically like a thumb drive on the go. But... In addition to that, it also has a battery pack inside, 1,000 milliamp battery that allows you to charge your smartphone in the event that you've run out of power. You can now charge your smartphone from a pen. That's the era that we live in. Absolutely. You got to go to our website to check this out. It's a, it's a beautiful looking pen. It's called Beyond Ink. And all you have to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com and enter the win on the contest page. Because you still need a pen. Everybody still needs a pen. You know, you're on the airplane, you got to fill out your thing, you need a pen, you know. You in, the future, in the future, it's like, do you got a pen? And it's like, I need to charge my phone. <laughs> <laughs> as well as yeah. I might need to take some oh, notes. It's a nice looking pen. I do encourage people to enter the win. Okay, we're going to go open line here on Get Connected. We'll start with Ken. Ken, what can we do for you? How's it going today? Good, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Quick question. Uh, what's your take on the lower price point phones like the Asus Zenfone 3 and the OnePlus 3 compared to the Samsung? You know, that's an excellent question because we saw this uh, this trend over the last couple of years, AJ, where these Android phones, because like you said, there was so much competition, yeah. they started competing on price. And what, what was really amazing is you would get a lot of bang for your buck. In terms of processor and screen size? And, and we're talking about phones that you can get unlocked for... $400 and less. And uh, we, there's a lot out there. The Moto G is one of the most popular ones out there in terms of uh, what you get and what you pay for. And Asus Zenfones, have the, been, we've looked at those. We've looked at the Zenfone. The Zenfone is actually really good because internally, specs-wise, it has four gigabytes of RAM. Mm-hmm. And you'd be hard for us to find that even on premium phones. A lot of them only have three gigs of RAM. So 
it's a it's a great phone, especially if you're multitasking between a lot of different apps, just like you would on a computer. Having that extra RAM is going to help you. Well, it, I mean, even to take that one step further, the, what we've seen happen as a result of these um, new new competitors is that the um, the mainstream, the flagship um, companies like the Samsungs have come out with sort of tier down phones, right? Yes. So they sort of have their flagship one, and then they come out with one that's a little bit more price aggressive to compete in this. I, I think I would say to compete against this this market. Um, but uh, yeah. No, I mean, to answer your question, um, I, w- I think that as long as you're reading reviews and, you're, and uh, you, know, you feel comfortable with what other people have had with those experiences, if there's one in particular you've looked at that you want to ask us about, you know, if it specifically is the um, Asus Zenfone. Well, I think... I've got the Zenfone too, but I was looking into the uh, OnePlus 3. Yeah, so... Um, no, also the, uh, the, the Zenfone laser with the uh, laser point camera. I, I can't say much about the OnePlus 3 because, unfortunately... Uh, they, they, they don't really do a review program with media, which is really strange because OnePlus is like you kind of have to get like a referral to, to buy this phone. Um, so it's kind of like that mysterious phone that every tech reviewer wants to try. But from what I've read, a lot of people really like it. You know, this is a third iteration of the OnePlus phone. So it's a, it's a great, I guess, suggestion for, to get as a phone if you want to stand out of your crowd because everyone's going to be like, what is that? And you're like, I have a phone that I'd say less than 1% of the population has. So hopefully uh, that can help us. Uh, you can always send us an email, info at getconnectedmedia.com with a specific question, and we'll try to help you there. We're going to jump over on the phone lines. We got Philip. Philip, what can we do for you? Hello. <clears throat> yes, uh, I have a computer keyboard problem here. Sure. Uh, when I try to select the question mark, which is uh, you, you press the uh, uppercase and then uh, the key that has the question mark on it, I get this capital E blue on with a dot on it. I think they call that a exutant. Is that what they do in French, or something yeah. like a little <laughs> dash on the? Is, is is it like a slanted dash on the top of the E? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of uh, computer are you running? A PC or Mac? Um, a PC, HP PC. And what operating system are you running? Oh, a version of Windows. Do you know? Is it? Um... Uh, Windows 5, I think it is. Well, it can't be Windows 5 because that's uh, – they, they never made a Windows 5. It went from like Windows 3.1, Windows 95. It might be Windows 95 that you're talking about. Um, so what you have to do, Philip, is in the control panel, you're going to have to go to the keyboard settings. What it looks like is that your keyboard layout is, is uh, has been uh, set for French. And so essentially what you have to do is go inside there and make it onto U.S. English. From there, uh, everything uh, should work. And sometimes it just happens because you say, oh, I'm from Canada. But in Canada, they have two different types of keyboards. They have the English and the French version. The safest, the safest bet is to always do the U.S. English setting uh, in the keyboards because that way you're not going to have those kind of problems. I mm-hmm. uh, get you. Yeah. So all those blues are French then. Yes. I- exactly. <laughs> yes. And a lot of people don't realize when you buy laptops, AJ, in Canada, they'll sometimes come with additional characters because they, they are made for French as they well as yeah. English. And so you always want to like look at the keyboard to see it because the shift button typically is cut in half on the French keyboard. So a lot of people, and I've done this every time when I use one of those, is I keep hitting the wrong key because my fingers are so used to mm-hmm. a certain shape. Uh, we're going to have to take another break. We're still here, open line on Get Connected. Give us a call. The number's again, 604-280-9898. Anywhere long distance, one 877 399 Ninety-eight, ninety-eight. 
You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. And we'll be back right after this. You're back on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agarbo, and I'm joined in studio with AJ Vickery. Still lots here on Get Connected. We've got an open line, but later on we will have App of the Week with Christina. But let's uh, jump right back into the four boards and take some questions. We have Aaron. Aaron, what's your question? Hi, my question is, um, I have a startup catering business, and social media is like a a huge part of um, where I'm getting my business from. And my question is, I've got a Samsung S6, and I'm trying to optimize my food photography and trying to figure out if there's something I can do to create like better depth of field or if I really need to be going to a camera. It's an excellent question. Now, are, do you want to be able to just post it directly onto uh, social media sites like Instagram and Facebook, or did you want to do some editing before posting it, like in Photoshop? Well, like, I'm not incredibly camera savvy, so ideally I would love to just take a picture, upload it immediately, but I'm definitely not opposed to doing some editing if that's something that's possible. It is possible. The, the, the advantages of when you use a real camera like a, a DSLR or even a point-and-shoot is, is the lens because different lenses will give you kind of different depths of field, and it, it can be beneficial, especially if you're trying to get really tight shots because, you know, there's only so much... Uh, a camera can do on a smartphone and that's just by virtue of both the the lens that you have and and the settings and the manual settings again most people are going to use the auto settings so um, you have to kind of balance the quality of the photo and the convenience of getting it up online right away because something like Instagram and and Facebook a lot of people aren't really picky about like how great the shot is it's more about the immediacy and, and getting lots and lots of content out there. So it really comes down, uh, AJ, to what your preference is. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say um, for the most part, you're always going to be better off with, uh, with um, a camera that's not built into a phone in, when you're trying to get professional images. Yes. And that's what all professionals would do. That being said, um, the S6 does have a pro mode. Um, in it. So if you change the mode from auto into pro, you're going to get um, the opportunity to have some manual adjustments, including uh, the ISO, the exposure, uh, and your focal length. And um, a lot of these uh, manufacturers now are, are what they're doing is integrating social media right into the camera. Yeah. So from there, because they know that people love to take photos on their smartphone and then push it onto social media. So two things they're trying to do is one, it goes directly to your social media channels, but a lot of them will work in conjunction with an app on their smartphone to move that, that great high-res photo into your smartphone where a lot of people like to look at content or, say, your tablet, and then from there you can post it onto social media. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, like with the S6, um, if you want to experiment in that pro mode um, and move and play around with some of those settings that I just talked about, um, and maybe you could just look up some of those settings to see what how to use them effectively, you can actually get some incredible depth of field shots um, of the food dishes that you're putting out, and I think you'd be pretty happy with what you can actually do with that. But if you want to take it up a notch, you know, we all, you know, all the camera professionals will tell you to, 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 you know to go pro. I, I think that's a really good suggestion. Try to play around with the pro modes before you kind of make that investment into another camera because it might just work out for you. And YouTube in this situation will be your friend, Aaron, because a lot of people post tips and tricks for specific types of smartphones and the camera features. So I bet you if you go and do a quick search on YouTube, you'll find a lot of user generated uh, tricks on how to take the best pictures in that pro mode. Going to jump here on the uh, phone boards. Uh, we have Lee. Lee, what can we do for you? Hi. Hi. Um, hello? Yep, go ahead. Hi. Sorry. Um, 
I'm just wondering because I had cable and it just seemed like too ridiculously expensive. So I finally made the decision to get rid of my cable, but that meant getting rid of my HBO. And I'm just wondering if you know if there's ever going to be a time when like they're going to be competitive, like Netflix and stuff and be available without having to have like a cable, like a, like be paying for cable at the same time. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point because typically right now we talked to uh, Megan Sally over at the communication specialist at Open Media earlier mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. show, and she had mentioned that that if you're like a Game of Thrones fan, right now it's as a Canadian, it's very very difficult to consume that legally if you don't have a cable subscription. So for a lot of people, they just want an online unter- alternative, like a Netflix style, mm-hmm. but. You know what happens, and and this is one of the reasons why this isn't rolled out, is that there's so much competition now to get that kind of content. And the the world has changed the way that we're consuming content so fast that uh, a lot of these um, content producers haven't really figured out what's the best way to do it. Mm. Because end of the day, you want legal eyeballs on that content and not people getting it online uh, like people are right now, AJ. Yeah, and you know, uh, just one other little add-on to that, not directly related, but um, if you did dump the cable uh, package, um, there's a lot of free over-the-air stuff that you can get with an HD um, antenna. So so I'd highly recommend you know picking up one of these inexpensive antennas that you can get for less than 100 bucks, uh, and uh, it'll at least give you access to all that local programming that you might be interested in just being able to tune well, I'm glad it. you mentioned that because I actually have one of those. They're called over-the-air HD antennas, and they're kind of like Rabbit Ears 2.0 yeah. because they actually will get HD signals that the local programmers out there uh, broadcast. And if you live close to the border and you face it south, you can actually get American programming as well. They're start. I don't know if you know this, AJ. They're starting to make these over-the-air HD antennas that are mechanical so you have a remote control and you can make it go north or south oh i see (laughs) so you can kind of get all the channels um, depending on what you want to consume at that time oh we're gonna have to take a break but when we come back it's going to be app of the week it is that time for app of the week with christina after the break you're listening to get connected brought to you by london drugs here on the chorus radio network and we'll be back right after this you're back with get connected Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Egerbone, joined in studio with AJ Vickery. And it's that time of week. It's App of the Week with Christina Stoinova, who is in studio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, I really hope you have an Android app because now you're outnumbered. Typically, I'm I'm I'm, always outnumbered. I'm I'm waiting to download it here. I'm in the Play Store right now. (laughs) It is not an Android app. (laughs) Okay, well, Um, what what do you got? (laughs) It's short and sweet today, actually. It's uh, called Burst Key. And what it does is it lets you create GIFs out of, uh, well, out of your phone. So you can you can become a GIF creator, basically. Yes. And and are, are you making the GIFs out of videos or photos? It, it activates the the burst mode on your camera and your phone. This is for iOS devices, and so it loops those into a GIF. This opens up a big question. Huh. What what is the length of a GIF? Is there a specific length? <laughs> That's a really good a question. Yeah, this is a big big. When yeah. does it become a short video? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is the what is the the fine line between a short video and a GIF? Because you know, GIFs been around. Like it, it's oh, actually yeah. got a resurgence over it's the last re- couple totally. Of years. Yeah, totally. When the internet first started, they were really corny yeah. GIFs out there. But yeah. uh, 
it's funny over the last great, and I think it's a lot has to do with social media yeah. that has kind of brought the GIF back. And now you can become a GIF creator yeah. with this app. Yeah. Yes, and you can actually install the keyboard that goes with it so you can access those GIFs right from your keyboard. So you can text them to your friends, upload them to social media. I'm starting to, I don't know if you've seen this <laughs> now, right? Yeah. Uh, if you use like MSN Messenger, a lot of people now, they aren't communicating by like actually texting. It's like these, uh, what do they call it? Emo- Moicons or emoticons? Emoticons? Emoticons. I can never say or that. Or emojis. Emojis. Yeah. Emojis, uh, GIFs. Like, you don't even have to talk anymore. <laughs> you basically are just using symbols and drawings <laughs> and little short videos to communicate to other people. Yeah, apparently the new um, iOS is going to predict the emojis that go with what you're trying to say. Is that right? Well, they're doing a lot of predictive uh, analysis now, machine learning (laughs) in uh, social media. I don't know if you guys saw this, but, um, you know, with the Summer Olympics coming, there was going to be a lot of these new emoticons? Yes, emoticons. (laughs) Emoticons. Sorry, I never actually say it. I read this all the time. I never actually vocalize it. But uh, Apple, apparently, there was a, one emoticon because, you know, in the Summer Olympics, they have those rifling where you have a rifle and you're on and you have accuracy and stuff. Yep. I'm not yep. really sure what that called. Sharp shooting. Sharp shooting. Yeah. Well, they had an emoticon for that. But Apple apparently tried to block it because of just in light Violence. of what's going on with the, the shootings in America. They didn't feel it was appropriate mm. to have that part of the. It's called the Unicon 9.0, which is like the standard for all these types of uh, emoticons out there. Right. And, um, you know, it, it kind of it was an interesting debate. You know, do you take that out? But it is kind of part of a sport. Mm. But the timing is probably not ideal right now. But it looks like for people out there who have emoticons or use them, you're going to get a whole slew of them coming up uh, for both iOS and Android in the next short while, especially to coincide with the uh, Summer Olympic Games. Down Exciting. In. Yeah, it should be it should be a it should be an interesting time in this summer to see how that that all works out. Uh, we got a fantastic contest this week. We're giving away the Beyond Ink pen. This is a three-in-one pen for your smartphone. It basically is a ballpoint pen. It has a USB drive on it, so you can transfer files onto it or give it to somebody. And it also has a built-in backup battery to charge your smartphone wherever you are. It's a fantastic prize. you got to go over to our website to check it out. Don't forget to also check out our Facebook page, Get Connected Media is what you have to search in Facebook. A lot of great content coming up there on our YouTube channel. If you just go into YouTube, type in Get Connected TV Show, all one word, and you're going to get a whole bunch of gadget reviews from the Get Connected crew. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank AJ Vickery for filling in for Mike Agarbo this week and Christina Stoyanova for App of the Week. Mike Agarbolt will be back next week. We're going to have a great show for you. But until then, have yourself a great weekend.